Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 20 of What'd You Think? Where we talk about the movies, TV shows, and video games we love or sometimes hate. My name is Matt Sabita, and I want to introduce my co-host, Eric Hargrove. Eric, what's happening? Oh, not a whole lot, Matt. How you doing, man? You know, doing well, keeping it really busy since the last time we chatted. Uh, it's been pretty productive over here. What about you? What's going on? Uh, lots been going on. We've been real busy. We're being also very productive over here, uh, just all around between work and the housework and, you know, just a lot of other things going on. But, uh, you know, definitely staying busy. Um, happy about it. Happy about the great weather. We got the pool up and running now. So, oh, yeah. About to start enjoying life a little more, I think, you know, <laughs> very happy to, to have a pool. <laughs> Yeah, I'm really happy that I have friends that have pools. So like I got I got my two neighbors next door to me. Each one of those got a pool. You got a pool or buddy. Uh, he's got a, his pool up and running in, in a couple, maybe like a week or so. He got that redone at his house. So yeah, man, I'm just thankful because I never want a pool. I I, would ne- <laughs> I I I don't want the responsibility. I don't want any of that. So. Dude, I, I got to tell you, like, oh, God, it was such a pain in the ass opening the pool this year Mm -hmm. and it's just like we didn't have the right filter and the right and we didn't have the right pump on the pool and it's like my dad you know like i'm watching him like struggle with this thing and he's like yeah like we have the pool uh you know but we got this filter and pump from our friend and stuff and and like the pool is like not working like we can't vacuum it we can't clean it up the amount that we vacuum it 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 would come back the next day (laughs) and i'm just looking at him i'm like dude i mean i know it's not my money but like you're gonna wrestle with this fucking thing for like two months like to what (laughs) swim in it for a week i'm like you got to make a decision here like we got to get the right equipment you know yeah and thank god like we got lucky and found like the one thing that we needed and it was sold out everywhere it was like something out of a movie you know (laughs) it was like wild and uh i'm just happy that it's up and running and it's like one less thing off my dad's like mind of shit that he's yeah. gonna get done well i'm sure everyone is like even maybe like i'm sure there's people out there that like don't like have pools but maybe like don't open it for some reason but like mm-hmm. now because everyone's just kind of stuck at home it's like oh we should open it this year like we need yeah. to so um that's i mean that's definitely happening so that's probably why it's uh, maybe a little bit harder to get that stuff so. No, you're, you're definitely right. Cause when I was in the first store, uh, there was like an elderly couple in there, like, you know, buying an above ground pool. And it's like, you're like, why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? <laughs> yeah. But like, yeah, I mean, you're right. Uh, you know, I mean, pool, pool stores and everything, they're just making a killing right now. Cause everyone wants to have a pool or something at their house. And yeah. now they have those really cool, like pools that you kind of like put together like PVC pipe. Mm-hmm. And the, it's like the most easiest, like, you know, you could put it up and take it down kind of thing. It's like one of those crappy pools that we had as kids, but just like they, like an engineer looked at it and was like, I can make this a little better. <laughs> and like they did. And then they they sell it. It's like, a, it's like two grand for this pool. It's like oh, wow. crazy. Yeah. It's a really smart idea. Oh, interesting. Okay. Well, it's probably not something I'll get, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> like I, like I said, happy that I know people with pools. So, yeah. Um, cool. Glad to see everything is going well. Uh, yeah, sorry we are a bit delayed. Last week we talked about how we were going to be recording on Mondays, but 
Uh, it happened to be your girlfriend's birthday on Monday. So we we're like, oh, well, can't yeah. do it then. Um, we did, uh, I think we talked about it a few weeks ago, but Eric, me, and three other friends, we did Marvel trivia all about the Marvel Cinematic Universe yesterday. Um, it was like there's 184 teams, and we all got in the top uh, 10. So Yeah, uh, but I still think we got fucking scammed. Yeah, it was. Uh, there were some questionable winners at the the mm-hmm. top. So, because it's like they were winning the like they didn't get one wrong the entire time, but like it the was maybe three? with the last like it, they get maybe two or three wrong in the last like five questions, and they were easy. Like there mm-hmm. were some really hard questions this time, uh, and these people just like got these easy ones wrong. Like, come on, like that's. Mm-hmm. yeah so but we we're still pretty proud because we did really good like f- like we for the most part knew like almost all of them thankfully we had tony on our team who's like the guru of everything oh but, my um, god he's like stumped the schwab with the marvel cinematic universe <laughs> yeah so so eric i don't want to talk about the infinity cut uh like i don't want to go into dis- discussion about because we talked about last week but where are you like what like because we said it was like 47 hours i think yeah uh, do you know what hour mark you are at right now i think i'm at 19 oh my god yeah i'm at guardians uh you're, two. Up, you're up there okay yeah damn yeah i'm only it's kind of crazy like in the progression of the timeline like guardians 2 I don't want to like give it away. Yeah, no, like, no, no, no. Because I, I don't want you to give it away from me. So. Yeah, based on like how it was released, like you're just like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm only in, I think, like hour seven right now, um, <laughs> and I'm kind of in the middle of like Iron Man two. So. Yeah, the last two days, um, I've been watching it like in the background as I work. So. Yeah. Okay. I'm like, I'm watching it, but I'm not like sitting down on the couch like wasting hours. Like it, it's on in the background as if I would with a podcast, you know? Because yeah, I mean, you've we, seen we, them. We all, all know what's going on. Exactly. Yeah. But it is cool when you're listening and then you like blatantly hear it like cut to another movie. Like, <laughs> during Iron Man two, that happens, and you're just like, oh, oh, cool, nice. Yeah. You know? yeah. It's like really, it's mm-hmm. really cool. Yeah. Cool. Sounds good. Yeah. Maybe we'll do like updates every week because yeah, I'm like slowly chipping away at it. So. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, well, let's, uh, let's get this started. I mean, we already have, but, uh, let's kind of dive into it. So on today's show, uh, we are doing a full review of the King of Staten Island, the new movie, uh, written by, uh, Pete Davidson and Judd Apatow, uh, and Dave Cyrus, uh, and also directed by Judd Apatow. So we're going to be talking about that. Uh, and then we got some news for you. Cinemark is, uh, they had announced what they're going to be doing for their reopening in the coming weeks. Uh, and then, yeah, just go into some of the stuff that we've been watching. So, all right. Well, let's start with some movie news. So Cinemark, uh, which is the nation's third largest movie theater chain, uh, we actually, they opened up a really nice one uh, right near where we live. Well, where well, it's really close to me. It's only like five minutes away. Um, Eric, have you it's been to the new- close. Yeah. No. Have you been to that one yet? No, I haven't. I think you've gone because you've seen some indie films there, right? No, uh, the, they don't really play too many indie films, but I think I've seen a bunch. Like I saw Onward there. I know I saw Pix, uh, Toy Story 4 there, A mm-hmm. uh, Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. I think I saw Underwater there because I have the movie club that they do because um, it's like nine bucks a month. You get you see a movie and then you get like 20% off concessions or whatever. So like I would always go like once a month and then we would go to AMC. Um, but yeah, the Cinemark is super nice, but, um, 
Yeah, so they unveiled plans um, this past week that they are going to resume business uh, in their U.S. locations. So they're doing a phased reopening. Uh, they are okay. doing um, starting with five cinemas in Dallas uh, starting on June 19th because um, I think their headquarters are down there. I, that's what I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the rest of the theaters are opening back up starting July uh, 3rd, so July f- uh, 4th weekend. Uh, and then uh, the rest of the theaters are uh, in between July 3rd and July 17th is when uh, all the rest of the theaters are opening at phase time. They don't have like what theaters are opening when, uh, but looks like we'll be able to see uh, those theaters open up there. Um, so mm-hmm. Cinemark talked a bit about their protocols for like their cleaning. They're going to have enhanced cleaning. Um, right. They're going to be doing reduced show times. So maybe instead of like, maybe let's say you get like six a day, maybe you get like three or four. Um, they're going to be doing staggered seating. Uh, they're going to have hand sanitizing stations and increased air filtrations. Uh, and they are saying that guests will be strongly encouraged to wear masks, but not required. But the CEO uh, from Cinemark, uh, Mark Lazorti, said that if, uh, quote, if a particular, a particular state or county requires face masks, we will abide by that. We strongly encourage it. But if the county or city has not deemed it a requirement, we will not require it on top of that. Um, I like that. Yeah, so that's that's fine with me. Uh, as long as long as we are still requiring it here in New Jersey, uh, I really hope I see people in the theater still wearing it. But of course, like if you're eating, it's tough. You can't. So, um, and then real quick uh, before I want to get your thoughts on this, uh, employees will be required to wear face masks always, as well as gloves. But to me, I don't think gloves really do much because it's like. The germs are just going on your hand, your gloves anyway, uh, so it's I don't know, to me it's all the same. Well, it's also like the you know like the whole transferring of it isn't what they thought it was, so it's kind yeah. of you know the the gloves is like a it's like a paranoid measure in my opinion. Yeah, Sam, I'm I'm with you on that one. Um, they're also going to be undergoing ext- extensive training as well as a complete wellness check upon uh, coming to their shift. Uh, they are currently hiring back thousands of uh, furloughed and uh, furloughed employees. Um, let's see what else we got here. So uh, what Cinemark is doing is they were trying to lure moviegoers back um, with movies such as uh, Ghostbusters, uh, Wonder Woman, and uh, The Goonies, which is pretty cool. Uh, they're going to be having reduced prices. Uh, adults going to be five dollars and three dollars for children and seniors which is pretty awesome. So they want to be full back into the swing of things by the time Disney opens Mulan on July 24th. Tenant, of course, is supposed to open on July 31st. uh, And there's going to be some other new movies such as Russell Crowe's thriller Unhinged. Yeah. Did you see see that? Dude. (laughs) Like, what uh, the fuck, bro? Hey, what saw, is he doing? I know. So I do want to, I want to talk about that in a second, but, um, oh my God. uh, actually, I mean, that was pretty much the end of my news, but, uh, the, well, the... I'm also, uh, I'm sorry. I'm also reading that they're going to do screenings of like Christopher Nolan's inception yeah. and Selena Gomez's broken hearts gallery and a 24's horror pick St. Maud, I guess to just get people to come in the theaters. 
Yeah. So with a cool thing that I read, um, I don't have the notes, but uh, so Inception, I think about like 10 days or so or some like a couple weeks before Tenet opens, they're re-releasing Inception, but they're also going to have like a kind of like a big trailer of movies to come mm-hmm. for Tenet. I think there's going to be a special preview for Tenet. Um, then they're going to have some un, um, unreleased footage and trailers for some of the movies that they have on their upcoming slate. I think it's, I, can, I don't have an article in front of me, but I know they said a bunch of different ones. Um, so, uh, yeah, they're going to be doing that. So they had to kind of lure people to see Inception. Man, I would love to see Inception in the theater again, because that was a great experience. This is, this is just confirming my theory that Tenet is <laughs> in the same universe as Inception. It's just confirming it. It's possible. It's possible. Oh God! Imagine Christopher Nolan subtly makes his own universe, like uh, um, M Night Shyamalan did. Yeah, that'd be pretty oh cool. Oh my yeah. God! The world would the, the, we would be in the in the apocalypse if that happened. Yeah, maybe maybe <laughs> Nolan saw the success that um, uh, Shyamalan had with uh, unveiling that and keeping that a secret. So maybe he could do it again. So good. Yeah, because uh, yeah. <laughs> But all right. Um, but yeah, real quick before, yeah, I get your opinion on all of that. Uh, so Regal Theaters and AMC Theaters are planning to open next month as well, but they haven't released any of their plans of what they're going to do. Cinemark was the first chain to kind of talk about it. So any, all the things that I said, um, I read, uh, not quote for quote, but I've read from, um, there was a, var- a great variety, variety article that I'll link in the show notes about all this. They have a lot more, but I only... Talk about the important stuff, but um, Eric, what are your what are your thoughts on this? So, <clears throat> I'll, I'll be honest, right? Like this is my opinion about this. Cinemark, AMC, and Regal are the big three, right? One of them had to take the lead in terms of mm. messaging, execution, being the first person to do something. They need like one of them had to be the example and be the first person to come out with it. And it sounds like to me. CEO Mark Zarati is the guy that felt like that he wanted Cinemark to be the new, like the, he wanted to have this message come from them first. One, because they're not as a recognizable name, but two, it, it, it gives them like a level playing field. And it also allows for them to control the message and the feeling of their customers. So like if he sounds so confident, like this is our deadline, this is mm-hmm. what we're doing. This is how we're going to do it. You, you're like, yeah, I'm going to feel comfortable going to a Cinemark theater. And it's also what it's doing, like this other uh, quote I'm reading here, he, he he's being realistic. He goes, yeah. I don't expect to have a light switch go on and theaters are back at their maximum capacity allowed. I think it will be a process, and that's why we're opening up with the library product, and I think movies like Milana Tenet will play longer. It's like he's he's being realistic because just like with restaurants, everybody's like, Oh my God, restaurants are opening. What's going to happen? Blah, blah, blah. Like people are not just going to flood the streets. Like, yeah, you know, they kind of will, but mm-hmm. it's not going to be like, you're going to have a pack theater. Like yeah. it's not, <laughs> and you're not even going to see it. Even if they allowed it, you're not going to fucking see it. So it's like, I, I really like what Cinemark did here. Um, because I feel like we need companies like this at a time like this to be more of a, like, not be told what to do, but more of like take that step forward and not be afraid to like, you know, fall on their face, if you will, because a lot of people like to kind of be led down the way. 
And if you have, uh, a, you know, somebody like the CEO of Cinemark saying this is what we're going to do when they're painting this picture, I'm telling you, within the next week, AMC and Regal are going to introduce and and put out their plan too. Yeah, it's going to sure. probably be very similar. Yeah, I feel like and next week like, we're going to be talking about it. Yeah, and like you know, they're they're getting the feedback from this, and it's like if Cinemark, which is this new branded theater that can do this and get a good feedback. Well, then, you know, AMC and Regal is going to be fine. You know, like plus AMC doesn't want to look bad in the press again because they've been only talking about bankruptcy. So it's shaky. (laughs) If the message comes from AMC, like this is our plan. Everyone's going to look at them and be like, yeah, how the fuck are you going to pay for it? Like this is, this is great. I'm, I'm really happy about this. I hope we see this across all industries in stores that are non-essential that are going to start opening up again, because you know, it's, it's the economy, man, and it's built on feelings. And if you know consumers feel good about something, they're going to buy it. You know, and that's yeah. exactly what this is. It's a message. We feel good about it. We're going to go. Yeah. No, those are re- yeah, really great points. And uh, did you? Did, I think you quoted him saying that like movies are going to be running longer because I think that's yeah. actually like a really good idea. Like usually, you might see like a for like a big movie like Tenet and Mulan, you might see like a couple month run and that's it but maybe we'll see them in for even longer because it's not like they have a lot of competition coming out in the theaters over the next few weeks it's like they're gonna be the only movies really running so yeah and you know what i'll be annoyed if like tenet does really well and makes a lot of money and it gets on that top 10 list or something and then there and then like people shun it because they're like well it was in theaters for like 8 months and there was nothing else playing <laughs> it's like fuck you dude avatar was in in theaters for like a year and a half to get to where endgame got in a weekend like yeah. go take a walk you know yeah yeah <laughs> um i mean i mean back in the day like before vhs and all that like movies played in the theaters for a really long time uh, mm-hmm. I mean, like the sound of music, it's has it's in the top 10 box office of all time uh, when you adjust for inflation. Uh, but that's because it ran in theaters for like two years or something like that. Like it there was, also wasn't a lot coming out back then. either. No, that's the thing. About- yeah, totally different market. But I mean, I this could change uh, possibly um, timelines now of like how long movies are in theaters and then maybe when they come out on Blu-ray and stuff. So I'm curious if we're going to see some kind of change there of just like the length of time of movies in, in the theater. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, man, I, you know, I'll send you this deadline article that I saw about, um, yeah, send it and I'll, I'll link it in the show notes. So, yeah. Cause it's like his whole quote and mindset is like exactly what, needs to happen right now so i'm definitely going to send this to you yeah yeah i'm um i'm curious to see how they're going to do like the blocked seats because like i didn't go to the theater when they were blocking the seats out over there but like how like how is that going to work easily man easily all they do honestly for example listen for example like if say they block off four seats and then like five seats and then like they have four open or whatever, like if I'm going by myself, like does that mean that I'm going to have people next to me? Or like if I buy a seat, will they block like X amount off next to me and then they'll open up seats? Like I just don't know how that's going to work. Honestly, if they were smart and I hope they are and they're multi-million dollar, billion dollar companies, uh, it's an app and it could be 
algorithmic and just like, okay, if there's two seats taken here, you have to now not allow for this seat and this seat to happen. Yeah. Like it needs to, like they need to have that technology. And if they don't, then they shouldn't be in business at this point. It's yeah. Like, there has to be something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And then for the theater itself, it's like, well, all these are flip seats. So like either put like an obstruction in there to not sit or you simply just take some clear packing tape and just like tape the bottom to the back. And it's like, you know, no one's going to be that asshole yeah. in the movie theater and, and like <laughs> sit in a spot they're not supposed to because, you know, people are going to just tattletale. Well, you know, dude, I, so I'm one of those people that like if you're talking, I will go up to you and tap you on the shoulder and be like, I know. stop talking. Like I, I <laughs> I've done that multiple times. Like I don't give a shit if people on their phone, like in their close up, like, hey, can you turn that off? Like, that's me. So, um. Like if there, if I know that there are supposed to be seats empty, like, um, no, you can't sit here. You have to like move down. Like yep. I will for sure, like go and say something. Um, oh, yeah. cause like, I mean, like when I go to the movie theaters by myself, I always sit in the back corner, like no matter, like for the most part, no matter what, I'm always in like the back corner just because like, I don't want to be near anyone or I always sit on an end. I never sit in the middle if I'm by myself. If I'm with you, you and I always usually sit, we usually sit in the middle. But like I'm I'm always on an end towards the back. Um so I'm wow. definitely I'm definitely going to continue doing that just because I think that'll be good to be keep me safe away from people. Mm-hmm. Um cuz I mean when theaters reopen, I mean I do I do want to go back. Like I feel like it'll be okay. I just I'm not going to touch anything or anything at all and like I'm going to have wipes with me when I get to the theater and like actually wipe down the seat. So, yeah, no, I, um, Hey man, I, I, I agree with you and I will be going with you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, all right. Well, that is the reopening of Cinemark, which is happening very soon. Uh, wait, what's today? We're recording this. We're a month out on, yeah, the 17th. So in Dallas, they're opening up in two days. So in a few weeks, uh, <laughs> we'll be opening back up. So we'll see. I'm going to keep an eye out. In my local theater, what? Texas, first ones. They're like, we're opening. <laughs> uh, yeah, and what's what's bad is uh, Texas is going up in COVID nineteen cases right now. It's getting pretty bad over there. Um, oh. So, uh, what's their hospitals look like? Are they are they overpacked? Uh, from what not? I've been seeing, yeah, they're starting to get uh, kind of busy. So, um, I don't know. I don't know too much about it, but I just know the cases are are going up. So. <laughs> Well, I don't know. Yeah, I don't live there, so it's not my business. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, one other piece of news. So we've talked about Quibi, the streaming service that started a few, uh, maybe like a month ago, a couple months ago now. I can't even remember. Um, I think it happened in March. Yeah, March, April. But yeah, it started, it, I think, oh, it was beginning of April, right at kind of the beginning of the pandemic. I mean, this app was meant to be... Uh, for like on your commute or if uh, you're taking like a poop in the stall at work or something, you have some headphones, like something for you to like watch like, very quick, quick bites. That's why it's Quibi. Um, so it unfortunately, it came out at a really bad time. Um, so they Quibi announced that they are fast tracking themselves onto Roku and Amazon devices. So they were going to, they were, the plan was always to bring apps to them, um, at some point, but now they're just really bringing, um, bringing it to the apps as quick as they can mm-hmm. or to those devices as quick as they can. Cause, uh, I think they're, they're not getting as many subscribers as they want. So they want to get more. Um, and if they do, I'm definitely going to start watching their shows on, 
on Roku. Cause like I said, I really like the show, um, the most dangerous game. I just, I honestly haven't watched it. I, I should, but, um, I just, I haven't, but if it, it goes on the TV, it's like, yeah, I'll watch like one or two of those episodes before I go to bed or something like that. Just like quick little things. Um, cause like when I go to bed, um, I never, I always put on like a YouTube video um, and, uh, I never, which actually I want to talk about a YouTube channel that I found in a second. Um, but I always put on something like kind of just something I could like fall asleep to that. Like maybe I'll be up for like 15 minutes and then I'll like fall asleep. Like that would be great if I could watch like a less than 10 minute episode, then just like pass out. Um, but, um, but yeah, Quibi, hopefully coming soon. Uh, any, any thoughts there? Um, <clears throat> you know, I'm kind of disappointed, you know, it's like, they 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 created their platform to be you know uh, digested if you will you know in a certain way and simply because of timing they uh, they're now switching it and it's almost like they're switching their identity of who they were and what differentiated them from everybody else to where it's like mm-hmm. you know they I feel like they mailed it in. Like, I feel like by the end of the year, they're going to just cancel all their shows and, and close shop. Like, uh, you know, I, 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 I feel like it was a bad business decision to, you know, open up in April. Like, I feel like all they had to do was delay. Well, and, I mean, I think they were probably just ready. I mean, they probably had their product and they were ready to go. And yeah, it's it's really unfortunate, but I still think it could work at home because like I'm already thinking of other instances where. Um, I could do it. Cause like sometimes like after work, um, uh, we'll eat dinner real quick and it could be like five to 10 minutes. Like we, we sit down, maybe we're just, we were not going to sit at the table, but like we eat in front of the TV. Like mm-hmm. that'd be awesome if I could just like sit down and watch like a quick 10, 10 minute episode. And it's like, all right, cool. Let me go do the next thing now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I, I th- agree with you. I, I think, it, I think it could still work. Um, I think like once people start using it, um, even at home, because uh, something new like this, it's going to get, it's going to be hard to get traction. Um, Mm -hmm. and unfortunately not a lot of people are thinking about Quibi right now, but I think people are going to start seeing that it's available at home and it's like, Oh, you know what? It's at home. Let me put it on my phone now. And then they'll start watching on their phone. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that's, that's kind of what's going to happen or that's just what I'm thinking. Um, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, it, it all really boils down to how you like to like watch or, you know, like, like your content consumption. Yeah. You know, I mean, for me and you know this, I could sit down <clears throat> and like sit down in bed and watch a three hour Joe Rogan podcast. <laughs> like, if, like there's a really interesting guy or girl on there. Yeah. Like, and I'm in, I will literally sit there and watch two people have a conversation for three hours or I'll like listen to it like the Bill Burr one that just came out. I literally listen to it over like four days because it's just like I'll put it on as I'm taking a shower or I'm working or I'm doing it. And it's like I get 20 you say minutes. It was four hours. No, 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 no. It's like a three hour podcast. Oh, okay. But like it took me four days to kind of get through it, you know? Oh, sorry. Sorry. Because, yeah, because I'm just like, you know, I'm doing 20 minute spurts or 30 or 40 minute spurts, right? So it's like, it's kind of how you like to listen or watch or, or whatever. So I'm sure they're going to do fine. I, I, I guess I'm just a little, 
you know, I mean, it, it seemed cool. Like it was like it only you can only get it on your phone, and it's like, well, now you can get it on your TV. It's like, uh, so how's that going to work when I can watch it landscape or portrait? Am I going to flip my TV now on its side? <laughs> I, th- I think okay? we're just gonna. Like, <laughs> I think we're just gonna watch it horizontally. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. So it's like you know. <laughs> Yeah, but all right. Well, that is that is Quibi. Um, so that's all the news that we have to talk about today. So we'll move on to some of the things that we've been watching. Um, so I'll segue real quick to something I started watching. Um, so I, I found this YouTube channel that I just mentioned called The Detail Geek. Have you heard of this channel? No. What is it? So I it was in like my recommended one night when I was going to bed, and I'm like, what is this? It's it's a channel that pretty much takes like really dirty cars and just details them and clean. Like he just cleans the shit out of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I put it on when I go to bed and it's awesome. It's kind of like, it's just very calming and smooth. Cause you just see him like power washing the car underneath uh, and just kind of cleaning up. And there's just something uh, I guess, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like meditative about it. Uh, that yeah. just kind of like, it's like, oh, this is, uh, this is kind of neat. So it's the, the detail geek on YouTube. Um, yeah, I've been kind of just enjoying his, his videos. So it's pretty, they're Dude, pretty he's awesome. Got, he's got 1.4 million followers. Yeah. yeah. He's got a lot of followers. Yeah. This is incredible. Yeah, Dude, man. I totally, I, I totally get where you're coming from with this. I, you know, I'll watch those guys in the Amazon jungle, like build underground, like pools with their <laughs> yeah. hands. Yeah. And like, I remember the first time I watched it, it was like one in the morning. Nina was sleeping. And like, all you do is you hear this like pick sound that they like, they're slamming into the dirt to like break it up and scoop it out. And she just like wakes up. She's mm-hmm. like, what the fuck are you watching i'm like <laughs> and i'm like three episodes i'm like three videos in at this point i'm just like yo these guys are literally building pools underground that look like palaces with their hands i'm like they bring the water in <laughs> pail by pail from the local river <laughs> i'm like it's the craziest thing and like now i've made it to like diy projects and you know it, it's it's like i've had like a progression like i started off quarantine with cooking and then, like, I've, like, proceeded into, like, now DIY, and I'll probably get to cars at some point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's a lot of fun to watch. And, oh, yeah, I just kind of fall asleep to that. So, so yeah, just want to do a quick shout-out there. Um, so, all right. So, I'm going to start off just with, like, a follow-up from last week. So, you finished uh, the Jeffrey Epstein Netflix show, um, the docuseries Filthy Rich. Um, yeah. I, I, I ended up finishing that this past week as well. Um, yeah, that's say that again, your thoughts. What do you, what do you think? So I think it was a really well put together, um, story and I haven't done a lot of research into, uh, Jeffrey Epstein. So this, this, uh, docuseries kind of explores of like what he did, um, in Florida at his home in Palm beach, as well as on his Island, uh, how he kind of trafficked, trafficked, uh, trafficked girls and stuff like that. 
Um, and I didn't know about that because like, there was a podcast I was listening to last year on him. Now, dude, I was trying to find out what the name of it was. Like, I just mm-hmm. searched up Jeffrey Epstein podcast. There are so many now. Billions, bro. That, he didn't like, kill himself. Yeah, so so I was like, I was like, okay, I don't even know which one I was listening to last year. I have no idea, but the one I was listening to, it was exploring all the stuff that he was doing at his ranch in New Mexico, which this docu series doesn't even cover. No, nope. what he was doing in New Mexico is just as fucked up, and it's just it's crazy that he's doing all of this between all these different locations, and it's it's terrifying that this guy like just did all of these disgusting things um uh but i mean the docuseries filthy rich as a whole is is really good it infuriates me um it's uh it's a little a little a little intense heavy um i definitely only we only watched like maybe like one a day i think we only yeah. watched one but um we yeah it's, only, it's, it. it's four episodes <laughs> yeah it's very easily to very easy to binge um but yeah i um I'm curious if there'll be more like this, just exploring like the ranch side and some of maybe whatever, what else he did. But, um, I wouldn't be surprised, man. Yeah. Like remember with El Chapo, like when he was captured and all that stuff was going on with him, you got like six different documentaries, like that came out about him or cartels or the, you know, the border or what, like whatever, like people just yeah. jump on. And there's a lot of researchers that like, you know, they kind of, they get their time of day when a story actually breaks that they've been like looking into for quite some time. So it's like, that's why there's so many different documentaries that come out almost at the exact same time because people just throw money mm-hmm. and you know they're just like, Oh cool. Now you get a documentary. Okay. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. So I don't, I don't have much other thoughts besides that, but um, yeah, if you're interested in just seeing what, what he did and how he did it um yeah give it a try this is uh jeffrey epstein filthy rich on netflix um eric what about you what's um i still got more to want i still got more to talk about but uh we'll kind of alternate so what do you what do you got what are you, what are you watching um so i'm still watching uh for all you listeners that kind of know it's like i'm still watching the good place i'm in season two i'm about halfway um the show just gets better and better to me and like where they're going with the story and how they're exploring it. And it's, and it's, it's one of those shows that is extremely smarter in its dialogue and approach than it comes off as. So, I mean, you think about it, it's like this lighthearted, um, uh, like comedy that's on Netflix. And you think it's like something slapstick, like, a like big bang theory, but it's like the exact opposite. Like the, like the, just the ethics and philosophical concepts that they go over in a show like this is like, Mm -hmm. and it's so witty and smart. It's like a really fun watch for me. And it's like, for me, it's one of those things that if I, it's like, ah, what do we feel like watching tonight? I don't want to pay attention. I don't want to be bored. It's like, it's that kind of show that I put on now. Um, yeah. And then yeah, I got to I got to check that out because uh, we talked about it. Yeah, I forget how long ago, but yeah, it's mm-hmm. one of those shows that I hear just yeah, great things about it. And uh, yeah, I got to watch it. Ted Danson's in it, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How, old Ted Danson. Yeah. How you been watching that? Uh, Netflix. So that's okay. on Netflix. Um, also on Netflix that I've been watching over and I'm really happy it just got put on as Hannibal. 
and um yes you know i mean dude it's just it's it's so satisfying because it's one of those shows that i actually like on demand like like i recorded like on demand when it was on yeah. tv yep and and like i watched it and it was good and then like but that was so long ago it was like seven years ago <clears throat> excuse me um and then like re-watching it it's almost like a confirmation that god this was such a good fucking show because it is just so good it's so like gritty gory like graphic for something for nbc at the time you're like how the hell was this on tv but then also like content character development subtle subtlety nuance synchronicity like all that stuff it's in this show it's like the parallels that of every episode it's like it's it's such a well done show and i'm happy it's on netflix and i'm i'm like up to episode eight now and i've been watching it for a couple days um you're making me really want to rewatch it now dude just just do the first episode i know honestly do the first episode and then you're like ah i mean you know i could just do another episode (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. um (laughs) and how about you go and then i'll give like my last one that i've um yeah sure that i've been watching yeah um so i rewatched. uh so i bought i still buy blu-rays and stuff like that i bought um the 4k blu-ray of knives out it was on sale last week or a couple weeks nice. ago so i got that um it's funny like knives out was my behind endgame one of my favorite movies last year absolutely loved it but for some reason i was like you know like i want to watch it but now that i knew like the mystery and everything behind it i was like eh, i don't know if i'll have that like same uh, same excitement by the time i finish it um because sometimes that happens with, with movies it's just like like um like Argo like I remember mm-hmm. seeing that the second time like I loved it the first time I saw it that I watched it again after knowing like what happened and it's just like and eh, I'm not like a big fan of it anymore so I was kind of worried about that but oh I absolutely loved it just watching really? it the second time yeah I had so much fun watching it I forgot how great the characters in it were um, and now that it, like I knew everything that was gonna happen uh, it kind of just made uh, things so much better of, um, just how, yeah, how they like just knowing what was going to happen. Just, yeah, it was, it just made it that much better. Um, yeah, still so much fun. Uh, I just, I, I loved the introduction of the characters and, um, how they're telling the story, but like they're, they're actually lying and stuff like that. Um, it's just cool. So, yeah, no, dude, I, you know, I watched it for the second time, like what a month or so ago. And, um, it kind of allows for you to watch the actors act. Yeah. You know, cause yeah, they're you're not all so focused on like what's happening. What's, yeah. What's happening. Right. <clears throat> and you're not like trying to look for something that like, you don't know what you're looking for, but you're allowed to like enjoy the actors playing these characters. And it's like, it makes you realize how like over the top, but like at the same time, it's like how the movie is like with how the acting is like, it's a very, you know, Ryan Johnson, big color kind of masterpiece-esque mm. movie, you know, it's yeah. overexposed and stuff. It's So their characters are overexposed. Like Chris Evans in that movie, I, I love him. Jamie Lee <laughs> Curtis. I mean, it's a star-studded cast in yeah. there, you know, it's like, and they're doing the uh, uh, sequel with Daniel Craig's uh, Benoit uh, Blanc. Yeah. Like, they're just like, yeah, we want more of him. 
but yeah. a southern draw. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I'm excited to see uh, what happens if they're, yeah, with, they're coming out with another one. So apparently they are. So. Yeah. Um, all right, what about you? you? I got one more as well, but uh, what, what do you go? You go. Uh, so also keeping up with Raimi on um, – what's that on? Prime or Hulu? I think – oh, I think it's Hulu. Yeah, I think um, you mentioned that last week, right? Yeah, yeah. So see, in season two of Raimi on Hulu uh, – you know, another great show, another deep show, like really like like you're following this kid kind of figuring himself out and it kind of hits points. And it, I mean, <laughs> I don't like him like I really don't like I think his character is extremely whiny and annoying and, and all this kind of shit. But <laughs> it's, I think <clears throat> like where it grabs you is it's like reality of it and like how it is and you're almost watching this this character from my perspective as like he's like my younger brother and i'm like just watching him like fuck up or something you know like and make stupid decisions and like getting annoyed or or whatever about it but then it's like yo i hope you learn like you know it's it's like one of those kind of weird shows because it feels Mm -hmm. so real um and then the last thing i'll say and then you could finish us up and then get us on but uh long shot with seth rogan and charlie steron i watched that the other night amazing movie yes like an incredible movie i love everything about seth rogan and like the character he plays in this movie like it's very you know it's very on the nose i mean like who he is in it and and his opinions and everything and how outspoken he is and what he says charlie theron is is just great in this movie she's you know elegant when she needs to be it's it's like she she's just so perfect like and and i feel like i i see her in all these different things you know she's in mad max and then she's in like this it's like mm-hmm. two totally different things and she she just does it great every time she is that great at acting where it's like you're believing it all the way and the story is not what you think it is it's not like the cardboard cutout like you know what it sounds like it is it, it's actually a lot more and um I mean, it, it's it's like I love this movie. Like, it's a feel-good movie, yeah. and you you really feel good. Like, yeah. you know. It, uh, to me, it really went under the radar last year um, when mm-hmm. it came out. I feel like no one saw it. No one, um, like, no one thought about it at all. But, like, it was a great movie. And, like, Charlize Theron, like you said, she always, like, you always see her in, like, these really serious roles. Mm-hmm. But this was definitely more like a comedic take with her. Um, like when she was high that, oh, like that for that one big sequence, um, like it was really great. Um, and her and Seth Rogen, like you kind of believe their love story, like the romance and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's great. Um, I think it's I think it's on uh, HBO. How did you HBO. watch it? Yeah, HBO. HBO? OK. Dude, it's so funny because it's like Seth Rogen playing himself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, no, no, I, I totally agree. I'm uh, I'm glad you finally watched it because I, I know I've been recommending it to people, but no one really uh, no one really cares. Yeah. It's so. it's honestly a really good, like, I don't even want to call it like a chick flick. It's like a rom-com. Yeah. It's like a really good rom-com. Yeah. You know? It is, yeah. So that's great. Cool. Yeah, that's the long shot on HBO. Yeah. All right, so for the last thing um, I want to talk about, so 
Disney Plus came out with a new movie. Uh, it was supposed to come out in theaters, but they pushed it to Disney Plus. Uh, it's called Artemis Fowl. Uh, oh, yes. Yeah, based on the novels that came out in, I think, 2012. Um, uh, super, super popular um, book series. I, I don't know how many there are. I don't, I don't really, I didn't know anything about the story. Um, and after watching the movie, I feel like I still don't know anything about it. Um, <laughs> Is that true? Yes, absolutely true. So now... <sighs> Artemis Fowl, I was I like I had no intention of really watching this. Like I didn't really care. Um, but it got lambasted and just shit on just because <laughs> of how terrible it was. Like on Letterboxd, it just has like super poor ratings. It's got like a maybe like a one point something on Letterboxd. Uh Rotten Tomatoes, it currently has um uh a ten percent on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, it was, it was just, um, pretty foul review. <laughs> yeah. So it, it just got all of these really terrible reviews. So I was like, all right, let me, let me check this out. Let me see how bad it is. Yeah. It's got a 1.3 on Letterboxd. Um, so Artemis Fowl, uh, it is, it's directed by Kenneth Branagh. Like he's a really great actor. He directed Thor for Marvel and then he directed Cinderella, which I think I, talked about it before on the show but like cinderella is actually my favorite live action disney movie to have come out recently i haven't seen it Dude, and it's, it's not on disney plus oh it's not on disney plus oh no. man yeah it's it's my favorite it's really good um but so kenneth brano he's a great director he did mur uh, did the murder on the orient express uh a couple years ago like great he's a great actor and director um but I don't know what happened. This is a huge piece of shit. Like <laughs> I, I don't know what these filmmaker, like what he was thinking, what happened with this movie. It is so bad, Eric. Like I, I don't even, I don't even know where to begin. So I guess, I guess first, like <laughs> it's so easy to crap on a movie, but um, like Just first, so We're first, so first, I I feel bad, but this this they hired this young actor, Irish actor kid. Uh, I think he's supposed to be like twelve years old. He plays Artemis Fowl. His name is Ferdia Shaw. I I think I've talked about in the past how I've hate, I hate. I'm not a fan of child actors. I think they like they, they kind of annoy me. They're, they're like some of them are not just great. This kid is really bad. Like he just shows no emotion at all. Like it, it's he's just not he's not a good actor and. I don't know if he'll be in anything else after this, but he doesn't have a promising career. Unfortunately, I hate talking about kids like that, but, um, uh, and then Josh Gad was in this movie. Um, Josh Gad, you know, him as Olaf from frozen. Uh, he was Le, uh, Lafoe, um, on beauty in the, in the beauty of the beast live action. Like he's all about Disney stuff. Um, but he plays this like dwarf, but like he's a big dwarf and he gets like, Dis, uh, discriminated against by actual dwarves. It's really weird. Um, I, I, but there's something that happens in this movie and I'm going to tell you what it is. Cause it's insane. My mouth literally dropped open. Like what the fuck am I watching right now? So I, I don't know why, but these dwarves are really good at tunneling. What he does, he opens up his mouth tunnels into the ground with his mouth 
And where do you think the dirt comes out of? His ass? His ass. He fucking explodes dirt out of his ass in this movie. It is insane. Like who would, the fuck came up with this idea? Why doesn't he just tunnel with his goddamn hand? I don't yeah, why couldn't he be really fast with a shovel with his hand? No, he literally eats dirt and it blows out of his asshole like he's a fucking SpaceX rocket ship going to the moon. Like dude, it's insane. It's crazy. What is this garbage? Dude, I when I saw that I'm like, oh, I just I couldn't believe it. And then you got Judy Dench in here. She was in Cats, which is supposed to be really Why? bad. Then she's Why? in this one. I don't know what she's doing. Oh yeah, sorry, with Josh Gad. They also gave him this like hideous accent. And the bad thing about this movie is it's so exposition heavy. They tell you just all of these things that you just don't care about. And you have Josh Gad narrating almost the entire movie. Um, like they'll do a scene, he'll narrate something, do another scene, he'll narrate it. And he's it's just in this horrible voice. Like it's atrocious. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why they did it. Uh, Colin Farrell's in this movie, but he's just like a, he has like a bit part. He doesn't really do much in it, but the story doesn't make sense. You're 30 minutes into the movie and I, I honestly have no idea what's going on. The, the, the villain in the movie, I, I know the name. I don't know what their motive is to do anything. Like nothing makes sense. Like, Dude, I have not watched a movie this bad in a long time. This is worse than Capone. Like, like Capone had some redeeming factors about it. Not many, but like, this was like really bad. <laughs> so, um, and what's it's crazy? It's a shame, dude. It's a shame. Yeah, I mean, the crazy thing about it is that it was made for $125 million. Like, this thing was not cheap to make. Like, yeah, it was really expensive and like like no sh- like I I don't blame Disney for just dumping on Disney Plus cuz they probably watched it and it was like yeah, we we have a big piece of shit in our hands. Like <laughs> put that shit out on Disney Plus. Yeah. So I I honestly I put it on while I was working. Like that's when I watched it because I was like, you know, what? I'm not going to waste my time like like just actually sitting down and watch it. So I had it on the background and I was, I was, I was working, but just like, Oh man, this, yeah, this thing is pretty, pretty bad. So, um, Artemis Fowl, I don't, I don't, yeah, recommend it, but I wanted to talk about it just because I was curious. I was really curious to see what made it so bad. And, um, uh, yeah, I, there was a really funny comment on, um, uh, letterbox. They have popular reviews this this guy uh, Patrick Willems, uh, if you don't know who he is, he actually has a really great uh, YouTube channel. Um, uh, Patrick H. Willems at YouTube. It's it's really, he does a lot of good video essays. Eric, I don't know if you ever heard of him, um, but his, his one the one line he said in his review was, because this was all based in Ireland. Uh, Ireland should pr- prosecute Kenneth Branagh for war crimes." <laughs> Yeah, so um yeah, this is a terrible movie. So that's uh that's a Artemis Fowl on Disney Plus. Don't watch it. So save some time. Don't watch it, he says. Yeah. It was uh it was bad. So All right, any uh, anything else before we move on to King of Staten Island? No, let's get on to uh let's get on to talking about it. All <laughs> right. So let's uh, chat about the King of Staten Island. 
I like your tattoos. What are those numbers on your arm? Oh, that's uh, the date my dad died. He was a fireman. Died in a fire 17 years ago. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. Don't be, it's fine. Knock, knock. Who's there? Not your dad. <laughs> you can't focus on Scott anymore, honey. He's 24 years old, Marjorie. Let that fucking bird fly, please. Don't worry, Mom. I know your daughter got smart and went to college and abandoned us. But I'm still here. I'm gonna be here forever. Yeah. I want to become a real tattoo artist. Your work is mad inconsistent. Obama ain't right. Oh, I love your tattoos. This is my favorite. <laughs> I've been dating someone for a little while now. The first guy you date in 17 years is a fireman just like that? You don't think that's weird? You're going to have to pull your weight a little more around here. Maybe help Ray get his kids to school. Kelly, do you know him? He's a new friend. You OK? You know, you could tell me. I'm OK. Oh, I trained her in the car. She's not going to break. All right, so that was the trailer for The King of Staten Island. Uh, this is directed by Judd Apatow, written by Judd Apatow, Pete Davidson, uh, and Dave Cyrus. This is a semi-autobiographical story of Pete's life. Um, so the synopsis is uh, Scott has has been a case of... Wow, is that How is that written? Oh, he has had a case. Sorry, let me start that over. Scott, Scott has been a case. Yeah, Scott has been a case of arrested development since his firefighter dad died. He spends his day smoking weed and dreaming of being a tattoo artist until events force him to grapple with his grief and take his first steps forward in life. Um. So yeah, this movie stars Pete Davidson. You got Bill Burr in this, Marissa Tomei. It's got a it's got a pretty great cast. Some surprising cameos show up uh, for like some bit parts. Mm -hmm. um, but Eric, what what do you think of the uh, the King of Staten Island? Um, <clears throat> so I will say this is the first time I've ever watched anything with Pete Davidson in it. Uh, and you know, I guess you're supposed to kind of be annoyed by him for a little bit of this movie, but you understand, but it, I don't know. I, I've been like thinking about this movie all day on how I feel about it. And like, I genuinely like it. Like I like about two thirds of it, but there's like a third of this movie that kind of like, he gets on my nerves a lot, you know? And then, um, when Bill Burr kind of comes into play, I honestly, I, I like Bill Burr the most in this movie out of anybody else. Um, but you know, overall it's like a very, it's like a really heartfelt movie and it teaches you a lot about grief and how people deal with grief. And then it also teaches you a lot about like, you don't know what somebody's going through unless you're in their life. I feel, um, it yeah, was definitely, yeah, definitely. It, 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 it was like a, definitely like a grounded like movie like it didn't feel big budget like it felt very real in how it was done and uh, i mean you know there's literally parts in this movie that were filmed on where i went to college so it's like uh, really <laughs> yeah like they replaced the name like they switched the name but it's like where i went to school and it's like i i, I don't know it's like a really rough movie. And then when you kind of find out like Pete Davidson's life and how it's like a semi autobiography, I mean, you know, it's like rough. 
Mm-hmm. So I guess like with all of that baggage, right? Like and watching this movie and just like watching Scott kind of go through this and find, you know, trying to find himself. It's like really hard to watch. And then it kind of like it gets easier. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall, like I, I like the movie, but I will say that like some parts were just kind of like, ugh, like a little slow for me, I guess. What'd you think, Matt? Yeah, I think I definitely agree with um, a lot of that. Like, I had, I definitely had a lot of fun with this movie. Like, some parts really made me laugh out loud. Um, and I thought Pete Davidson, I think this was his probably, like, first really starring vehicle. Like, I don't think he's, like, he's been on a bunch of things, but just as, like, kind of quick roles and stuff like that. Um because he's been, he started on SNL and kind of he's been a stand-up comedian, mm-hmm. um, and I think what really helped it made that made his role better was definitely the supporting cast surrounding him, like his his good friends, uh, you could say like his girlfriend, uh, and then especially Bill Burr and Marissa Tomei. I mean, yeah, I'm with you. Bill Burr was like the standout for me in this, this movie. I was really mm-hmm. surprised by how uh, great he was uh, in in this movie. Um, and yeah, I'm just glad he had a leading role. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I think that at times, uh, see with Judd Apatow, I feel like his movies just go on for a bit too long. Um, like this had a, like, I think a two hour and 15 minute runtime. Um, but then I think about like his, his previous movies, like this is 40, um, that was kind of boring and not great and definitely like way too long. Um, that was pretty, I don't know how, I don't know how long it was, but it's felt pretty long. And then the same with, uh, like funny people, um, with Adam Sandler. Uh, I just, I just feel like he, he puts all of these, I know, I know some scenes are trying to like kind of show character of who these people are, but sometimes I just feel it might not be necessary. Um, cause like, I, I feel like at the end of this movie, which we can do when we get in the spoilers, but I feel like it just it didn't amount to anything. You're like, you're just kind of seeing the day in the life of this guy and like kind of how mm-hmm. he's dealing with his grief. But I feel like there was real to me, no real resolution at the end. Um, no, not at all. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I guess the journey was, was kind of fun. Like just seeing how endearing his character was and like, how great of a guy he really is, like, when it comes down to it, like, with his friends and his family. I mean, he doesn't make, like, the best decisions, but, like, mm-hmm. he really does mean well, uh, his character. Um, you know what's, you know what just came to mind? What? Um, you know, how, like, like how you said, it's like the movie almost feels like we just kind of come in for, like, a month or two yeah. of, like, his life, and mm-hmm. we just kind of, like, see what happens, and it's like, we weren't there before this stuff happened and we're not there after there's no real resolution. It's kind of, it, it, we got the, through the looking glass kind of thing. Yeah. It, it's almost like a, a duller version of like a Tarantino movie. <laughs> it's like, you know? Yeah. yeah. Oh man. Yeah. I, I, I think the one thing like, uh, that was kind of good about it with like how the story worked is that it was a little unconventional because I felt like the movie was kind of unpredictable because like mm-hmm. any time I thought something was going to happen, I'm like, oh yeah, like, like this thing, this is going to happen. And then it doesn't. 
And that at least happened at least like three to five times where yep. I was expecting one thing to happen and it didn't. Um, and I really liked that because I was like, okay, that's that's good. It's I'm not I'm not predicting this movie. It's 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 mm-hmm. it's giving me surprises. Not and then like, not like it's there's twists in this movie or anything like that. But I was very surprised by like, oh, okay, cool, that's awesome. That's um, I like the way that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's uh that's one of the things I really liked about it. Um, but I mean, over overall, I I I think I. I I want to see more from Pete Davidson and from what he was writing. I mean, hopefully, um, he's in suicide squad too. Yeah. I don't know what capacity he's, he's in there, but yeah, I saw that he's in it, but yeah, I want to see more from his writing. Cause I think there were a lot of clever things in this movie, um, that I really liked. Uh, I just, I think his stories need to be a little tighter. Um, mm-hmm. because I think he tried to put too much into this. Um, but, yeah, like I feel like the stuff that he wanted to put in, like he could have had more of, like the the fire stuff, mm-hmm. like you know, I wanted yeah. more of that. I wanted more of Steve Buscemi. Oh yes, yes, know? Steve Buscemi. Yeah, <laughs> like you know, I feel like we, yeah, there could have been a little more of that. Yeah. So, all right. Well, I mean, that's all my thoughts summed up. We can move on to spoilers if uh, if you have anything else. Uh, no, let's move on to spoilers. Yeah. All right, so starting now, we are moving on to spoilers. So if you have not seen the movie, I don't recommend uh, don't recommend you listening. So, all right, so we are in spoilers now. Um, Eric, what like what, do you want to start with anything, or do you want me to kind of go into it? No, no, no. You go ahead first. I want you to go first. Yeah. So I, I guess I just want to talk about just like how the movie kind of wound up. Um, like it, it had so as much I kind of liked the finale because I thought it was hysterical where the, the guy he was Pete Davidson Scott was just sitting at the gas station um, and, or I think not the gas station, the fire station. And then the guy that was all bloody, like blooded up, which we don't really know what happened to him. Like that was like that, that entire like situation was hysterical. Just him chatting with the guy and figuring out what the heck is going on. Oh, like, I know, but it was so f- out of fucking left field. That's the thing. It was like it. It just it felt like we were just getting another random scene in his life, and then it brings him and Bill Burr's character to the hospital where they all get reunited with his mom and they hug, and it's like a one big kind of happy ending, you know. Yeah. Uh, and then he goes and meets his girlfriend, um, and then he they they he takes her to take the test at like the civic, uh, union or whatever it was. I forget. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I just felt like it didn't really, it just didn't do anything for me at the end. Like I didn't think it was a good resolution of how to end things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I think that might just be because it, it was a pretty unconventional movie. Uh, and you're just seeing like, like you said, a couple months out of this guy's, um, life but i was just i yeah i just wanted i wanted more from that as much as i liked that ending i just wanted more mm-hmm. um thinking about it a little more and kind of what you're saying and and that kind of stuff um i think the most interesting part about this movie is that it's kind of stressed a lot about the amount of time that has passed from when Mm-hmm. Scott's father dies to it, it's 
it's mentioned multiple times where it's 17 years, 17 years. And it's like the movie opens up with him essentially almost committing suicide while driving on the parkway with his eyes closed. And then he like swerves out of the way and bumps somebody. And that's how the movie opens. It's like he's he's at his breaking point. Right. And like, that's how they introduce his character. Uh, And I I kind of forgot about that. I'm glad you reminded me. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, I feel like what this movie represents is like his transitional period of like actually learning about a part of his like grief, you know, and he says it, he's like, you know, God, like when they're talking about the stories and shit with Steve Buscemi and the other firemen and and stuff like that, it's like, him learning about that, he's like, you know, I want to know all the other stuff because he's this hero in my mind. And it's like, all he wants is something real because I feel like people have been treating him like he's a piece of glass his whole life. So it's like, yeah, for him to have a real moment, it's like, it's, it's grounding him more. And then it's like, after he has that real moment, and then you say he goes to with his girlfriend, right? And with her to take the test. Before then, he wasn't ready to do shit with her and their best friends. He wasn't ready to commit. He wasn't ready to do anything. But he's not now thinking only about himself. Mm-hmm. He goes and meets her and he wants to support her. And it ends with him like now looking up into the sun almost. And it's like totally opposite as to how we were introduced to him. You know what I mean? No, yeah, that's I I didn't think about it that way. Yeah. No, those are excellent points. Okay. Yeah. No, no, I think <laughs> I, I think I uh, I mean, I don't know how much I, I can add to that, but I that kind of makes me look at the film a little bit differently, for sure. Um mm-hmm. and yeah, just how it, how he started and and how he ended. Um uh, yeah, I'm. I just like I feel bad because I felt like I was pretty hard on Pete Davidson in our non-spoiler, and like <laughs> you know, I had to like say like no, no, no. I like I I actually appreciate like what he did in this movie because yeah. there were parts where he like you're not supposed to like him. You're supposed to look at him and be like, why the fuck are you being so self-destructive? Mm-hmm. You know, no, like, for sure, yeah. But then it's it's just like it's it's good, man. Bill, and then you know, I'd love to talk about Bill Burr and how great he does in this. Yeah, yeah, no, go for it. Yeah, if you want to go. No, no, no. You you go first because I want to know what I want to know what you think. Yeah, I I totally did not think uh, Bill Burr was going to have like such a big role uh, in this movie. Like he ended up, yeah, being the the love interest of Pete Davidson's mom. So you have all that like conflict between him and Pete, which I really liked. And yeah, you saw him just trying to be like a really good dude. Like you just saw him like in love with Marissa Tomei. Um, and I just kind of like seeing all the different um, emotions that he was able to express that I didn't think Bill Burr uh, could do. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so for some reason, I really thought that Scott, uh, Pete Davidson's character was really going to have sex with his ex-wife. Like that's what I thought oh, he was going to do dude. when I went, when he went over there. Like that's what I, like that's one of the things <laughs> that I thought was predicting. Like, oh, he's 100% going to go have sex with his ex-wife. Nina, Nina said it when we're watching it and I'm just like, Dude, that'd be the ultimate power move, right? Yeah. I mean, that's the (laughs) ultimate fuck you, bro. Like, I'm going to go fuck your ex-wife. Yeah. But it it shows that he wasn't, he's not that much of a scumbag. And he was just trying to get, like, some some dirt on him. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And then it, it's like, yeah, then it, it makes you like, oh, yeah, I hate Bill Burr's character. What a scumbag. But then Bill Burr's character is like, you, so you, let me get this straight. You went to the one person that hates me in my most life uh, or hates me the most in my life right now to dig up some dirt on me or whatever that line was. But I, I was like, yes, Bill Burr. Yes. Yeah. So. Dude, it um, was such the scene outside by the pool. Like, I feel like I feel like all the dialogue in that scene was written by Bill Burr. Like even what Marissa Tomei says, like it, it just sounded like one of Bill Burr's like bits back in the day when he was like, you know how you get those people who like are all about statistics and they go to www.imright.com and they get their verification <laughs> that they're right. It was like one of those moments. And like, yeah, I can't yeah. remember the line, but I was just like, God, that I feel like Bill Bird just wrote that scene. <laughs> it was, it just felt so natural. Yeah. So good. When he flipped his ass into the pool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was, that was awesome. Yeah. I, I also like how the, his Pete's or Scott's mom in the movie, how, uh, at the end, he just she didn't really even take him back. She like kicked him out of the house. Was like, no, nope, go figure your own shit out. I've had enough mm-hmm. of it. And like, uh, yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was great. Dude, um, savage, savage moment. She just like puts him outside and closes the door behind him and locks it. Just like, yeah, oh, yeah, shit. <laughs> yeah. No, I I like the relationship that Scott even had with the kids. I thought that was really sweet uh, with the daughter mm-hmm. and then. What is his name? Harold. <laughs> they tattooed the kid. Um, yeah. Yeah. I like their relationship. <laughs> yeah. It was. Yeah. Like his relationship with the kids. I mean, all those scenes, like when he dropped the, the little girl off at kindergarten or whatever, or first grade and the teacher's like, are, are you okay? Like, I feel like <laughs> it was like a real, like, it was like a real scene, but it was played off as like kind of funny. Cause like how he was, he's like, Oh no, I got her trained real good in the car. She's like, <laughs> break. It's just like, yeah, that was that was so good. Oh man, yeah, that was hysterical. <laughs> but like, that's his dark humor, right? Like, isn't yeah. that what he's kind of known for? So, like, I think he does it really well. Yeah, yeah. His, I mean, his stand-up comedy. I think he does a lot of the darker humor. Um, because I mean, I know he talks about his dad, who actually died in nine eleven. Um, he mm-hmm. was a real firefighter. Um, so he talks about like that in his his comedy. So yeah, he's yeah, he definitely does that. Um. Dude, you know his father's name is Scott Davidson. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. yeah well, I remember that at the yeah the end of the uh, movie. Yeah. So that makes sense why his name is Scott. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I mean, uh, great movie overall. I don't have too many more thoughts on it. Um, I'm trying to think if there are anything. I, I think one of my favorite scenes in the movie uh, was at the baseball game when he kind of mm-hmm. just like was telling the guys everything like just tell them not to have kids like i was like oh man that's dude he's kind of rough he's he was so like he's just so angry yeah you know what i mean like yeah he's just like just ranting like he's just so pissed off and like all the guys there though it's like none of them argued with them they Mm -hmm. just like they understood and then they also like knew who his dad was yeah but like the second he got to that fire station, that movie was like a beautiful movie to me. Mm-hmm. And then they end it with this like fucking fat guy you stabbed in the stomach. But like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like they had to pull us out, you know, mm-hmm. but like 
that that whole like last i guess what is that like two-thirds in there or a third of the movie whatever that's like my that's great film Mm -hmm. you know like just it's really heartfelt and it's really like you feel it you know like the whole scene in the restaurant is probably my favorite scene in that movie after like that whole like leading up to it they go to he goes on the ride along to the fire he sees them take care of it and he's like he's got a lot of stress and anxiety you know Mm-hmm. And then it's like, then they all go out after and like they're talking and then they tell him the stories about his dad and like that whole 15 minutes or whatever is my, is like my favorite sequence in this movie. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. It's, uh, it's, it was great. Um, cool. Any, any other final thoughts on this before we get out of here? Uh, no, I mean, I, I, well, actually, yeah, but I, I would just <laughs> say, don't, ju- don't judge this movie by its cover, you know, and go and watch it. You'll be impressed and surprised. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, this was great. This is, uh, yeah. One of those movies, was, it was supposed to come out in theaters, but, uh, it's unfortunately it had to on video on demand. Um, but hopefully it did well. I haven't seen how well it did. Uh, you can get it uh, on video on demand. I th- uh, that's how we we rented it. So Prime. Yep. Yep. But cool. So that is uh, this or the King of Staten Island. I was going to say this is forty. But, <laughs> this uh, is forty. <laughs> uh, the King of Staten Island. I don't know what we're going to be reviewing next week. I don't know if anything's coming out, so we'll have to kind of figure that out. We could uh, pick like a classic. Yeah, you know? maybe. Um, yeah, we'll figure something out. Yeah, we'll we'll Eric and I will have a discussion and uh, we'll, we'll we'll figure it out. So, all right, well, let's get out of here for today, uh, Eric. Where can we find you? Uh, you can just find me on my Instagram at not your average accountant. Excellent. So, everyone, make sure you are subscribing to the podcast. You could do so on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or however you listen to podcasts. And if you can, please leave a five-star review. It'll really help out the show. You can email us at whatyouthinkpodcast at gmail.com if you have any uh, comments or questions. You can also find me on Instagram at Matt Zabita. You can follow me on Letterboxd at letterboxd.com slash Zeebs, Z-E-E-B-S. Well, that's it for this week, Eric. Until next time, I'll see you then.